0: The Georgia Bulldogs are once again on top of the college football world. And frankly, they never left. They've gone back to back for the first time in a decade, matching what Alabama did in the 2011 and 2012 seasons. They beat Alabama last year. They've beaten TCU this year. Stetson Bennett ends his college career, a two-time national champion, Kirby Smart, now has two national titles, and the Georgia Bulldogs are the kings of college football. It is Tuesday, January 10th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. I am your host, Lance Glenn. It's an early morning episode for us, and by early morning, I mean about midnight Tuesday morning, because I am joined by the former host of this great podcast, Trey Scott and Trey. It seems like it was just yesterday where we were recording at midnight on January, I don't know seventh or eighth, whatever the game was last year, as we were talking about Georgia's first national title. But here we are talking about Georgia's second national title. They just from the start beat up the TCU Horn Frogs, the biggest blowout win since USC beat Oklahoma 55 to 19 in the 2004-2005 season. That was, of course, in the BCS era. Now we're in the College Football Playoff era. But man, what a win for Georgia! And they just cemented themselves as college football's present-day dynasty.
1: It's obviously even bigger than that, Lance, and and I, I so much than than the USC win. I thought that was a very interesting blowout, right? Like we're recording, it's fifty-nine to seven. We just once they pulled Stetson Bennett, we figured, okay, we can we can jump on the horn. And Stetson finishes eighteen for twenty-five with three and four and four I thought this was a fascinating game. There was a lot to draw from it, right? Like, wherever, whichever direction you want to go, I could go. We could give Stetson Bennett his flowers. We could talk about this Kirby Smart dynasty and the fact that they are on the top of the college football world. We could talk about the fact that 2023 looks like it's going to be their year as well, although it's a little early to say that. But, you know, that's that's kind of what we're here to do. You talk about Brock Bowers, is he going to finish as the best tight end in the history of college football? You can talk about TCU's Quentin Johnston at time of recording being held to one catch and three yards. Both Georgia's offensive scheme and defensive schemes are just insane. This Georgia freshman wave is absurd. We have officially entered the Georgia dynasty era of college football.
0: Yeah, we have. And you know, it's funny. I think it was at halftime, right? And, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but College Game Day was talking and it was David Pollack and it was Nick Saban uh, right next to him. And David Pollack said that Georgia uh, has taken over college football, right as Nick Saban is sitting about two feet away. Of course, Nick Saban has a little bit of a say in that, obviously with his Alabama teams in the years to come, but Georgia has taken over college football, right? This is now back-to-back national titles. Like I said, something that last happened when Alabama did it in the 2011, 2012 seasons. And it's just been so dominant for the Bulldogs. That's the crazy thing about it is it's not close games here, close games there. Sure, they played Missouri close during the regular season. Sure. They played Kent State close in the regular season. But really, as we've seen in in the games that matter, right against the Tennessees, against LSU in the SEC championship game, against TCU tonight, they were kind of just maybe a little bit bored with the teams that they were playing. Because when it comes time to play against the nation's best, Georgia shows up. And granted, they played Ohio State close last weekend. But in most of the games that really matter for the Bulldogs, they not only win, but they win in dominant, dominant fashion. That's what makes this now back-to-back national titles just so crazy for Georgia.
1: I think Georgia, when we look back on this dynasty in 10 years, outside of Stetson Bennett, well, think about this as maybe a, a shift in college football or the way we, we view what classifies a dominant college football team. Before Stetson Bennett came along, we thought you had to be a five-star type quarterback, a first-round type quarterback. And then we also thought that you had to have that quarterback and an array of freaky wide receivers. All the guys from Bama, T. Higgins and Justin Ross at Clemson, uh, at LSU, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall. Georgia doesn't have total freaks at wide receiver. They've got a freak tight end in, in Brock Bowers. They've got another freak tight end in, in Darnell Washington. But out wide, they've got Ladd McConkey. They've got A.D. Mitchell. They've got Keiris Jackson. And at quarterback, Stetson Bennett won't be a first-round pick. But I do think in addition to apologizing for for us thinking Stetson Bennett couldn't cut it, I also think we need to take back the idea that Georgia is winning without an elite quarterback, right? Because Stetson Bennett very much is an elite quarterback. There was one play tonight. It's third and 10. It's a play-action bootleg. And Stetson fakes the handoff and spins around, and he's got a TCU defender right in his face, a linebacker, I believe it was D Winters. And Stetson beats Winters to the sideline and then beats him for the first down. And I was like, man, Stetson Bennett is is good, good. Uh, some of the throws he was making, the ball placement, finding the perfect you know, window, the perfect shoulder for McConkie uh, and, and for Bowers, it's just, it's remarkable what he's doing. And you pair that with the fact that Georgia you mentioned that the bully ball stuff on the line of scrimmage, that seems like the new recipe in college football. It doesn't really matter if your quarterback's not Trevor Lawrence. And it doesn't matter if your receivers aren't Judy and Ruggs and Waddle. If you can win on the line of scrimmage and if your quarterback can make plays, you're going to have a chance.
0: Yeah. And I think Stetson Bennett is a guy, obviously, who has had to work for the respect that he's given, of course, being a walk-on. And it's crazy because you know, last year before the college football playoff, we were talking and we were asking, does Georgia need JT Daniels to play in the college football playoff in order to win a national title? And I feel like even before this season, there was some discussion is Stetson Bennett, the best quarterback on the roster yet. He's a Heisman finalist doesn't win about a Heisman finalist. He has now led Georgia to their second national title in two seasons. And it's funny because previewing the peach bowl, I sat down with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 and I asked him, you know, where does Stetson Bennett fall in Georgia history if Georgia were to win back to back national titles? And and he said that he would be Greatest bulldog ever. Better than better than Herschel Walker. Obviously, I don't, I don't, wow. you know, I'm not too familiar with, with Georgia Bulldog history, but better than obviously the most notable name of Herschel Walker. And that just that just shows again how much respect Stetson Bennett has earned. And it's shown that, you know, like you said, you don't need to be or you don't need to have a, a four or five star quarterback in order to win a national title. You need a quarterback that can run your system. You need a quarterback that can make the plays that need to be made. And, and that's exactly what Stetson Bennett is. And he's someone who who can lead an offense. And like, like you said, he's not going to be a first round pick like a Trevor Lawrence. He's not going to be a first round pick like a Mac Jones. Who knows? He might be a day three pick in the NFL, whatever it comes to it. I'm, I'm starting to
1: think he's going to play in the NFL. Like I, I'm he done counting this could. guy out.
0: Look, he, I, he too, could have too. a very long NFL career, and, and there's to. no doubt yeah. about it.
1: Two years ago, I remember during the pandemic season, and this could be our last Stetson point if you want, uh, the Georgia versus Alabama game. Stetson Bennett, I, I remember feeling bad for him. He looked like he didn't belong. He had been thrust into, into duty. That was a weird Georgia season. Jamie Newman had come over. JT Daniels had come over. Newman opts out. Daniels is hurt. Kind of this mysterious injury. He finally plays at the end of the year. Dwan Mathis started the season as a starter and was not good. Stetson Bennett... I just remember he just didn't look like he could be not just an SEC quarterback or a Georgia quarterback. I was like this guy doesn't have any business being a college football quarterback. And now he's a, now he's one of the best quarterbacks, most decorated quarterbacks. That's and that's without debate, one of the most decorated quarterbacks in college football history. And and, and Kirby Smart Lance, two titles at the age of 47. You never yep. know, but I mean, this guy could be building towards something that that rivals Nick Saban. I'm going to get heat for saying that. And Kirby Smart's doing this sort of talent acquisition that Saban's doing. And you look at 2023, I think it's okay to talk three, Pete. George's non-conference schedule is a joke. The SEC schedule that they're going to play, they have to go to Tennessee. They'll play Alabama most likely in the SEC title game. I bet you in one year are sitting here at least breaking down a Georgia championship game.
0: Look, look, the fact of the matter is, if the odds were out right now, I don't see how you couldn't put money on Georgia to repeat. They it, are out. 20, and then, and then, then, frankly, the then frankly, when we get off this tray, I might go and put money on Georgia because, like you said, it, I don't think it's crazy to talk three repeat. Sure, Stetson Bennett is, is going to be gone, but they've recruited uh, the quarterback position well over the last few years. Obviously, Carson Beck is in uh, right now, and they have others behind him too to compete for the job uh, next season. Uh, but, but, but I don't think you're crazy saying that Kirby Smart could be building something Saban-esque at Georgia. Like I said, Kirby Smart now having won back-to-back national titles, the last coach to do that was Nick Sabin in 2011 and 2012. Uh, I haven't checked the stats, but but I believe you when you say that Kirby Smart has probably won his second national title at a younger age than Nick Saban did yeah. at Alabama.
1: Because Lance Sabin went to the NFL.
0: Yes, this was this was Kirby's first job. And even before the NFL, I mean Saban was at Kent State and was at Michigan State and was at LSU before all the before obviously going to the Dolphins and then Alabama. So I don't think it's crazy to say that he's building something uh Saban-esque at Georgia. And again, with Georgia right now, the Kings of College football undisputedly and with a potential for back to back to back in twenty twenty three. And and what's so crazy about this Georgia team is yes, they lose Stetson Bennett, but Brock Bowers returns. Uh, they have a an insanely talented freshman class this year that's all coming back. They've already added guys in the transfer portal at wide receiver position That yes. I guess at times you would consider weak this year for Georgia, even though they've obviously showed out for most of the year. They've brought in reinforcements already to come in next season for the Bulldogs. And you know, even with the defensive players, they're going to lose like Jalen Carter. They're going to bring back studs on the defensive line. They're going to lose Keeley Ringable, but they still have Malachi Starks. I mean, the positions that they're losing, they're just refilling. And Georgia, it seems like a team right now, and it seems like a program right now that's never going to fall off the top of the mountain that they're on. And this is just destiny for them to be in the college football playoff and compete for a national title year after year after year.
1: Yeah. The the true freshman defensive linemen tonight, Michael Williams, Bear Alexander, monsters. And you mentioned the receivers. They've got two incoming transfers at this point, Dominic Lovett and Robert Thomas. Both are from SEC teams. Lovett, from Mizzou, Thomas from Mississippi State. Uh, they're both mid four stars in the 24-7 sports transfer ranking. So Kirby didn't hit the portal last year. He wanted to roll with what he's got. He's hitting the portal this year. That's going to dominate the, the the off-season magazines. It's going to be the story that we're talking about in August, George's The It Program. Can they go for the, for the first three-peat in the AP poll era? Lance, it hasn't happened since I believe the 1930s, it might be the 1940s. I was looking earlier today. The last team that really made a a legitimate run at a three-peat was was USC uh, losing in the national title game in 2005. But even then, the first leg of that USC three-peat was not an outright national championship. That was an AP national championship. So we're truly entering rarefied air.
0: The crazy thing about it is uh, you look at Georgia's 2023 class, and we're not going to talk a lot of recruiting, but you look at the 2023 class, they're number two overall. You know, I've talked to Steve Wildfong countless amount of times, and he swears that Georgia is the early favorite to be the number one class in, in 2024. They have great freshmen now. They're bringing in great freshmen next season. They're going to bring in great freshmen after that. It's just a a... Constant rotation of star after star after star, really every position, and that's something that Kirby Smart does so well is he finds the weaknesses if there are any and reloads in those positions like he's doing from the transfer portal at wide receiver. I do want to ask really quickly about Brock Bowers, right? Because he's Mm. someone who who went over 100 yards in in today's game, uh, in tonight's game. He's someone that has obviously cemented himself, and I know Notre Dame fans are going to disagree because they're going to say Michael Mayer. But in my opinion, he's someone who's cemented himself as college football's best tight end. Where do you think? And of course, next season has to happen. He has to stay healthy. All those things have to happen. But where do you think by the time his career is over next year, he can be in history? Where do you think he could match up with some of the great tight ends we've ever seen? Because he's right up there. And if he keeps progressing next season, because obviously you'd think next season or after next year, he'd go to the NFL. I mean, the, the numbers he's going to put up are, are insane.
1: Tight ends, this weird black hole position in college football lore. You can say, who's the best quarterback ever? And we could be at a bar and have that debate. Same with running back, defensive back, linebacker, whatever. Tight ends, I put out a tweet because I thought about it a little bit before um, before tonight. I thought about it tonight when Bowery scored another touchdown. And I'm like, who, who do we think is the best tight end in college football history? You get some Kyle Pitts uh, as far as the modern era stats. You get some of the Miami duo, Shockey and Winslow. You get some, some Oklahoma tweets about Keith Jackson and Jermaine Gresham. I'm like, okay, uh, you you get the old John Mackey stuff too. Fine, from the 1960s. If that's the argument, then it's it's probably going to end up that Brock Bowers, at some point midway through the 2023 season, is going to be working on stamping a legacy that has him as the best tight end in college football history. It's It's been unreal since week one of his freshman season against Clemson, what he could do. He was a standout performer then. He was a standout performer tonight. Sometimes he does have quiet games like he did against Ohio State. I would say that's on Todd Munkin, who's excellent, and not on Brock Bowers. But if Brock Bowers is the featured role of the offense in 2023, and there's every reason to believe he will be, then he's going to be on the shortlist for the Heisman Trophy, on the shortlist for discussions of best players in college football. He'll be a top 10 pick, and he will have a chance to, to put up a statistical season that has him ending his career as the best tight end ever, because there's just really not this, you're, you don't find this three to four year statistical wonder. You'll see a Jermaine Cresham who was great for two seasons, or you'll see, see Winslow and Shockey, who for the most part had to split touches. You'll see Kyle Pitts who blew up in 2020 as essentially a wide receiver playing tight end. But you really don't see what is going to most likely be, um, barring injury, a, an excellent three-year tight end career that Brock Bowers has put it together. So I think that's pretty cool. I think that's a cool little wrinkle. I love thinking about that kind of stuff and finding those angles. And I think if you want to get bored about the Georgia dynasty talk in 2023 and the and the repeat, uh, the 3 stuff, you could at least you know, track the Brock Bowers legacy season, because I know I will be.
0: While you were talking, I was looking, and I just Googled, you know, best college tight ends ever, and, and the number one uh, tight end that came up was Chase Kaufman, played at Missouri from 2005 right. to 2008, but, and this is the big but with it, and obviously, eras are different. This era of college football is different than college football was back in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, but Chase Kaufman was a four-year guy, and in that four-year stretch, he put up 250 receptions, 30 touchdowns. Right now, Brock Bowers just in the regular season, and And the game against Ohio State because his stats haven't updated yet. He's at 19 touchdowns. Uh, doesn't have the same amount of receptions that Chase Kaufman had. He'd only he's only at 115. But again, Chase Kaufman was a four-year guy. He broke in with Missouri as a true freshman All-American in 2005 and was a great senior in 2008. Brock Bowers is only going to be a three-year guy. Brock Bowers very well next season could catch him in total tur- in, in total touchdowns in only three years and one less season. Now he won't catch him in tight. He won't catch him in receptions because Kaufman is about you know 100 plus receptions ahead of Brock Bowers right now. And of course, like I said, let Browers' is. Likely leaving after next year anyway, but I mean, this what Brock Bowers is doing in a in a system where he's not the only tight end too, where they mm-hmm. have a guy like Darnell Washington is really crazy to think. Because look, two thousand five two thousand eight, a little bit before my time in two thousand five, I was nine; in two thousand eight, I was twelve. So oh, I, I remember oh, the oh, Chase Kaufman I re- years. I
1: remember I remember Coffman, and I'm just he, like great, but he's never taken the college of a world like by storm like this. And he was on plenty of good teams. I think Brock Bowers is a guy a generational remember him. And I'd like to maybe next year get Jordan Hill on and see where does Brock Bowers go in in the top uh, Georgia, Mount Rushmore too. And and Georgia, by the way, just scored again. That freshman running back Branson Robinson reeled off a 19-yard touchdown. So if you're looking for guys to talk about next year for Georgia too, Branson Robinson's probably on the list
0: so Trey real quick before we go obviously we've been talking a lot about Georgia and we've been talking about you know if they could three-peat next year where this dynasty goes from here I do want to ask you quickly about TCU where do you think TCU goes from here what do you think this game says about TCU I mean I feel bad for them because they they won a college football playoff game and if you had told any TCU fan before the season that they were going to win a college football playoff game after going five and seven last year with the first year head coach this year they would have told you, you were crazy. But unfortunately, the lasting memory we're going to have of this TCU team is getting beat badly by Georgia. But man, what a season was for Max Duggan, what a season was for Sonny Dykes. This is one of the best first year jobs ever. And, and you got to give credit where credit is due. Although they got beat from start to end in this game. I mean, they put up one of the most surprising Cinderella-like seasons I think we've ever seen.
1: I don't think you can take this season away from them based on tonight's result. They ran into a team that's 15-0. and TCU is the first team from Texas to make the college football playoff. Just went final 65-7. TCU beat Michigan. Sure, it might have been lucky. Two pick sixes. Uh, Michigan doesn't score from the one twice, but that was TCU's doing. Credit to them. Credit to Sonny Dykes. Credit to Max Duggan, Heisman finalist season. They just didn't have the talent, especially in the trenches, to match up. That 3-5 that three, three, defense is a, is a tough matchup as well against a powerful Georgia offense. As far as where they go from here, they're going to have 40 to 50 new players on the roster. So just like this year clearly was a crapshoot, I think 2023 is going to be a crapshoot for TCU as well. We've got Chandler Morris coming back at quarterback. He was the starter before Max Duggan took over after injury. So they're going to be excited about that. But they'll lose Quentin Johnston, probably lose Kendra Miller. Um, but they're already retooling in the portal. They've got several high-profile names committed, including uh, JoJo Earl, former Alabama receiver. So they'll be all right. I don't think they're going to make the college football playoff again. I don't think I would even have them winning the Big 12 again because just the topsy-turvy nature of that league and, and how many scrape scrape by wins TCU had to get to this point. Lance, uh, the Baylor game and the Kansas game, um, the Kansas State game, the Oklahoma State game as well. So you never know. Uh, I think this is probably the last, well, I hate to say it. I don't know if we'll see TCU on the national stage uh, next year at week one against Colorado. Sure. I don't know if we'll be talking about them playing meaningful fo- meaningful football in December, but that doesn't matter because this is the greatest story in, in college football playoff era, uh, in the college football playoff era that a team of TCU's pedigree and ilk at five and seven a year ago can make the college football playoff. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. And look, we know, obviously Cincinnati made it as the first group of five team, but Cincinnati was undefeated the season before. So it's not like they went from five and seven or a losing record to going undefeated and making college, the college World playoff. They already were essentially a mini dynasty of sorts under Luke yeah. Fickle, but this TCU team, you know, firing Gary Patterson last season, they looked basically in disarray. It looked like at times the team had quit the same players or a lot of the same players are still there with Sonny Dykes and the coaching, you know, Changes help, and they go twelve and zero. And Max Duggan finds a renaissance in his career as well. That that at the beginning of the season looked like he was going to be, you know, just resigned to being a backup for the rest of his career. But yet he jumps on the scene, probably works his way into an NFL draft pick. Obviously works his way into a Heisman finalist. And you got to give credit where credit is due to the Horn Frogs. But Georgia,
1: my what my one question. I have one question for you, and we're still going live. My one question for you. You have one year to win a national championship. Are you taking a? Sophomore, former five-star hotshot recruit at quarterback. Or are you taking a 24-year-old who's still playing college football only thanks to the COVID waiver? I sort of think that I'm taking the older, more experienced quarterback—the Hinden Hooker, the Stetson Bennett, the Max Duggan. Yeah. They might not have the NFL upside, but that quarterback—it seems in the—it it just seemed like the Sam Hartman at Notre Dame, right? Like it just sort of seems like that's that's the recipe for as long as this waiver allows.
0: Yeah, as long as as long as you have the necessary weapons around, right? Like a, a Hendon Hooker, for example. You know, if you're in the right system, if you have it doesn't have to be superstar weapons like a Jalen Hyatt or a Cedric Tillman, it could be like a lad McConkey, right? Mm -hmm. It it could be someone who is just so reliable, someone who does their job. It doesn't have to be, you know, a potential first round pick and, and those two Tennessee wide receivers. If you're in the right system, if you have the right pieces around you, sure, I would take the older quarterback too, um, as opposed to the the hot shot five star or the hot shot four star, whatever it may be. But look, you know, this Stetson Bennett, it's crazy, right? Because this Stetson Bennett story. We may never see a story like this again either, right? A, a former walk-on that had to beat out five-star after five-star had to beat out multiple transfers as well to secure the job. And not only secure the job, but you know they were saying uh, on the telecast that this was the first year where he didn't feel like a bad half would be his downfall and would result in him being pulled. This was the first year where he, even last year, after he was leading Georgia to an undefeated season before they met Alabama in the SEC title game, even last year he felt like a bad half would eventually get him pulled in favor of JT Daniels. Uh, but this is the first year that hasn't happened, and and this has been Stetson Bennett's swan song, really, now back-to-back national titles, 65-7. to Georgia beats TCU. And again, the biggest blowout we've seen since the BCS era started. The last time we saw a blowout this big, USC beat Oklahoma 55-19. That was 2004. But Trey, before we go, any last words, any last thoughts, any last moments you want to discuss about this college football playoff national championship game?
1: No, all I'm thinking about is the three-peat conversation we're going to be have, having all summer. And the fun thing about that, Lance, is just like it felt Inevitable in 2005 that USC was in a three-peat. College football always delivers a curveball. I may be potentially excited to see what that curveball is in 2023. If, if Georgia isn't going to pull off the three yeah,
0: you, you never know until it happens. And that's what makes college football so great. But before we go, remember to obviously give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple podcast. And of course, head on over to the 24 seven sports YouTube channel and subscribe to the page as well. So for Trey Scott, I am Lance Glenn, the Georgia Bulldogs. They repeat back-to-back 65 to seven over TCU. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the college football daily.